Well, we're back. Uh, this is Heidi and Stefan, and you are at the ice cream parlor. Oh shit! Is that how we intro? Okay. Uh, yeah. You, thank you for coming in yes. to the ice cream parlor. One scoop or two. I'll tell you what we did get. This fucking shit show of a movie. But I digress. <laughs> uh, this is a, a, a funny little twist. I feel like that I played on you. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are talking about what year? I didn't even research much. What? 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 It was what 2002. Well, 2002. Yeah. Uh, Queen of the Damned, starring question mark Aaliyah because it's not starring Aaliyah. She comes in 75 percent. Into 75% into the movie and is like on screen for 10 minutes, but we shall get there. <laughs> Starring Aaliyah and a guy who looks like both Kieran Knightley and Macaulay Culkin. Excuse me. Right. <clears throat> and that's very um, disturbing of an image. I mean, when you put that into perspective, I don't think I can ever watch the Pirates of the Caribbean again. Why not? Because you think of this movie? No, because I kind of. You know, I don't know. I liked Kira Knightley. I thought she was kind of attractive. But now I'm only going to see Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to think, ah. <laughs> um, well, this movie starred Stuart Townsend and some other girl who played Jessie. I'm sure she was. She actually, she, they, the acting was great, except for Stuart Townsend. Uh, I don't, I think. Oh, okay. This movie. Where do you even want to start? Because you're so all over the place. I don't know. Okay, hold on. Let me oh, get in my Zen moments. So gold I knew. We're so cold. I knew exactly are. what we were walking to in this movie, and I thought that I, I know that you hadn't change. seen it. But <laughs> oh, you're such a Deftones fan. <laughs> I. I really thought that you had some insight to the Anne Rice slash Vampire Chronicles Lestat interview of the vampire world. And apparently you haven't. So for for those of you who have not seen this beaut of a fucking movie, um, this is actually part two slash three in the Anne Rice novels. The Vampire Chronicles. The first one was Interview with the Vampire, which I have seen. You have seen it. I have seen Interview with the Vampire, okay. but I haven't seen it in years, so I can't be like, oh, yeah, this happened here and that happened right, there. Right, but it didn't leave an impact on it you. It left and you... an impact in me in that uh, fucking Brad Pitt was in it, and then a weird-ass fucking Tom Cruise, who somehow had more charisma than this Lestat because they play the same characters. Anyway, this is part two slash three of the books, which they smooshed into one movie. So, Interview with the Vampire follows um, Louis and Lestat and Kirsten Dust as t- Dust. Dust. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst as a baby vampire. And they're, and they're um, you know, they're queer family. So, let me tell you my uh, entrance. So, you know, I'm not a fan of the vampire thing. It, I don't really even get it. I don't understand why girls are so infatuated with vampires. But my introduction to this whole, like, thing was we had a family friend. Um, he was a vampire. My 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 dad and my mom had befriended this uh, uh, family. They call it a familiar. That had a daughter who was my age, and she was a vampire. She right. she thought she was a vampire, or at least that she was one of those people. Was it the nineties? That that was the interpretation <laughs> that we got. Was like, man, she went off the deep end. She thinks she's a vampire, and she hangs out with other people that think they're vampires. And it was all because of interview with the vampire. And she was so into this movie that when we visited that year, we had known these people our whole lives. You know, um, I've told you about them before. My the, the, there was a French lady and a Tunisian uh, man. They had a family and French whatever. and Tunisian. Equal vampire didn't you know that so so um the whole thing was like i hadn't heard this whole you know folklore and she was so infatuated with the movie and all the characters and da 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 whatever so i had kind of known about the character and i just thought that anybody especially girls who were into horror who's heard of lestat or anne rice or anything having to do with vampires was somewhat at least enlightened to the world of interview with the vampire or whatever. 
Well, thanks for generalizing <laughs> the entire half of the fucking population. Yeah, there you go, yeah, Stefan. Yeah. Um, I was I, wrong. I admit it. You were wrong, yes. Because when you said Anne Rice, I thought Anne Rule. And I'm like, didn't she work with Ted Bundy and write a book about it? I should have known that you would have gone straight to serial killer stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say, so I, I, I did see Interview with a Vampire. And then that's the first book. The second book was uh, The Vampire Lestat which is why the movie starts the way it does, this Queen of the Damned movie. And then the third book is Queen of the Queen of the Damned, but they try to merge it together. But I'm kind of glad they did that because then Aaliyah's passing wouldn't have allowed for this great performance by Aaliyah. Like, as the Queen of the Damned, the, queen, the mother of all vampires, <laughs> she's fucking creepy she has like this i think i wrote it she has this um how did i write there's it there's some really give me one quick second let me let me say what i was gonna say i was go okay go ahead go, go ahead no i was gonna let you look for your notes while i carried on the conversation but if you found it go ahead no no i didn't find it but she had this very like kind of like primitive but also like jolty like like mick from slipknot just jarring movements, like jagged movements, a very cabinet of Dr. Caligari and kind of insect-like, mm -hmm. like way that she moved about her because she was a phenomenal dancer. She, she was a talented musician, but a phenomenal dancer. So she had such control of her body that when she walked on onto, like into whatever scene, she commanded your attention. So yeah, they probably fucked up the storyline and, my understanding from the quick read I did on anything and Rice and Rice didn't was well, she was not happy with this interpretation of the movie, and I get that. But if they hadn't smooshed it together, we would have missed this wonderful fucking performance because I love Aaliyah. I'm so glad she's on Spotify now. But Romeo Must Die was good for me because I really loved Jet Li at the time, but it wasn't that great of a movie. Uh, and seeing her being able to build herself up into this like queen of the fucking vampires right uh in in such a animalistic and like primitive way was it was gold like yeah. this that that saved the shitstorm of this movie <laughs> even though it did flop as a cult following now but it saved the shit show. It was always a shit show. But that's the funny thing is the reason why I brought this up is I told you. I said, do you want to watch a bad horror movie? It's not even really a horror movie. It's just a 2000s movie that has new metal in it that um, <laughs> was, you know, a movie of its time. You were like, isn't this a period piece? I'm like, yeah, it is. In the period <laughs> it's just a the different 90s. period. No, <laughs> I, I thought, like, because Interview with the Vampires, it was petticoats. Right. And, you know. And I, okay, so the Lestat from Interview with a Vampire, and this is not going to be a comparison because I don't remember that much from Interview from from a Vampire. What the fuck is the name? <laughs> the other one. Um, I don't remember much, but I do remember that the Lestat character was a Tom Cruise character, correct? Yeah. And he was super charismatic, and this one is annoying. In fact, my <laughs> first my first thing that I wrote down, question one. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> because this movie essentially starts with the Lestat character being so bored with being uh, immortal that he puts himself to sleep and he is only awakened through the magic of oh, new metal. 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 And shitty metal at that because it wasn't a great band it playing wasn't dumb even, songs. Yeah, like, so Jonathan <laughs> Davis did a great time. Great, did a great time. Jonathan Davis did a great job with the music in this movie. But he was not that first band. Like if it would have been, I was awakened by the sounds of corn, or even disturbed is in this, I think. Uh, but no, it was this garage band that broke into his house and was playing music yeah. in the most shitful way. So I can I tell you about the music a little bit in this. Yes, please. and um, the reason I actually was introduced to this movie is because of the music. Now, as cliche or whatever it might seem like at that that time and for that you know, whatever that style of music was really what was happening. And I was very curious and into it, you know? Um, so at that time you would have been new to the metal scene in general. Yeah, it was 2002. I mean, these bands were popping. They were, they were mm -hmm. like on top at that time. And I was just getting into it. I was coming from a hip hop You were background. new to new metal. Yeah, um, exactly. But what you I did know is new. I I had seen Corn and I was um, what'd you say? 
the Teletubbies joke, actually. Oh, I didn't ever watch Teletubbies. Um, I was into Korn. I liked Jonathan Davis a lot. I had seen them mm-hmm. as one of the first be- metal bands I'd ever seen. And so I was more into, aware of this movie because of the soundtrack. I'm not an Anne Rice fan. I've never read any of the books. I did only know Interview with a Vampire because of this vampire. Friend freak, of yours? Friend of ours, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, Really, I never even watched it then. I watched it way later, one time, and don't really remember it much. But when I watched Queen of the Damned, I was hanging out with people who I were I was developing my early band years and all that. So, you know, we were watching the movie more because it was just like the movie and the vibe. Like we knew it wasn't like a serious vampire or a serious horror movie. But what I do know is that Jonathan Davis did the most of the score and most of the songs. He wrote them, and in the movie version that we watched, most of it is performed by him. But you, at one point, you were like, is that Marilyn Manson or Jonathan Davis? Or I don't know, maybe both, or whatever you said, right? Uh-huh. And you're right, because technically on the, the released uh, album or whatever, the soundtrack that got put out, it was people like Jonathan Davis, David Draymond from Disturbed, Chester from Linkin Park, um, they they recorded uh, Wayne Static. You know they recorded yes. um, songs that were written by Jonathan Davis that he had them do right. vocally. Okay, so yes, I, I know songs from the movie. I didn't know that they were. I don't know if they were made for the movie specifically. Cold wasn't. Cold was okay. their song, but there's a different Wayne Static song on the soundtrack that now, was written by Jonathan Davis. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that Static X is one of my all-time favorite bands. I knew the I knew Cold, not my favorite song, but not not like I would poo-poo it away. I'll listen to yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good Static. It's a good song. song. So I was like, okay, well, yeah, let's watch it. I mean, it's got Wayne Static's sign of approval, although he was really into drugs. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> okay, really, really quick. I want to do the synopsis on the movie because we jumped around a little bit. Queen of the Damned is the story of Vampire Lestat and his boredom with the with the his immortal life, being awakened by the sounds of metal, of of uh, of the nineties, and um, and his attempt I felt his attempt at fucking up shit as much as possible so as to cause his own demise uh, by either the vampires of the world which he was outing and or the um or bringing forth to him the queen of the damned who he had an interaction with and was and it was a very impactful one yeah so uh that was it i will say that this is a very gay movie (laughs) and i don't mean it like how in the 90s we said gay but i mean like interview with the vampire was very homoerotic you know, and this movie tried to hide that homoeroticism, but they failed at it. If anything, they made it more gay. <laughs> and, and and not in a negative way. Everybody knows I'm a big fucking homo. That's not what I mean. I mean, their attempts at putting Jesse, who is the female lead, because it's not Aaliyah. Right. Not until the last 10 minutes of the movie is it Aaliyah. <laughs> but uh, this Jesse, they cast her to be like, no, no. He does not like penis. He likes vagine, you know? Uh, and, and so her character, which my understanding just from the very, 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 very minute research I did into this movie, her character in the in the books is a lot more developed and there's a lot more purpose to her. You know, in, in the movie, we find out that she was ultimately raised by a coven of vampires and that is completely glossed over. Her joining this whatever the fuck group of librarians who do not interfere with vampires. They just document shit. Like there's a whole reason behind that. And now I want to read the books because they basically just had her as the fucking just like, oh, it's he likes women. Look, straight men, you know, and well, and and that's that's what makes it so much more gay. It's the closeting of it and the fact that he makes this. They're they're in London most of the time until they end up in quote unquote Death Valley for the Sick New World concert, and that's where they're going to perform. And only then does it make sense that you're like, oh shit, this concert is him outing every vampire, right? But also like 
really outing his gay people, you know, people who are not out on their own volition. Yeah. And 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 the effects like yeah, if somebody would would have outed me before I was ready, I would have been upset. Not probably wouldn't have tried to fly onto the stage and kill him with a dagger because also what if it was so easy to kill a vampire with a dagger? Why wouldn't they just kill each other so with I, daggers? I got a couple things <laughs> I want to say. I got anyway, a couple points. This movie is uh, is uh, so much like the '90s, trying to subdue anything that is not heteronormative, that it becomes so gay. Is my point? Okay, and I agree <laughs> with you. I actually agree with you for sure, especially watching it again because I haven't seen it in a long time. Now there's a couple things that I was uh, I wanted to bring up and talk to you about. Uh, let me see if I can go back and recap in my head what they were. Um, shoot, number one was um, I lost it. Oh, okay. Well, how I about this? It. I need to have a pen and a paper to write down shit while I'm doing. So I will say that there was a time where the band that Lestat turns into familiars, which I'm talking about, like. Dracula, Dracula, vampire, right? So familiars are the people that you turn, or not that you turn, the people that become your servants, so to speak, right? So the rest of the band becomes his servants. Although here, I think he actually turns them. Um, when they're doing the interview of like, they're like, oh, this is, this is your, you're only doing one concert. Why only one concert? Whatever. Well, he's doing that whole press conference. There is a diet Tim Curry in the audience. Like, and I was so thrown by that because I kept seeing like people who kind of look like people I recognize. Like there was a, like there was a, a diet Tim Curry. There was Keira Knightley, Macaulay Culkin. In fact, when they first showed the stat, I was like, is that Macaulay Culkin? Um, there was a like riffraff from Rocky Horror Picture Show, which it wasn't him whatsoever. But I kept seeing little glimpses of this. And I just, then I remembered in the 90s, everybody kind of looked the same in that subgenre of people, like everybody kind of looked the same. You were ragged and you were, you either had long hair or you had spiky hair. Yeah. Yeah. That was so in that time, I didn't look like any of those people, but I was getting into that kind of music instrumentally and lyrically and stuff like that. But yes, for sure. There was that vibe and, and, uh, that, that look that was going on. Um, I'm kicking myself in the ass because I had something good to say. And my, my, Dumbass fucking lost it in the heat of the moment. Um, but I should have wrote it down. Anyway, uh, the movie, I, I, I suggested this movie because I had seen it before. And I knew, again, it's not a horror movie um, per se, other than the fact that it has uh, a vampire as a lead character. And um, I knew that it was kind of like going to make you laugh and be corny. And so I figured, you know, this is going to be funny. Like, if you haven't seen it before, I thought that you knew something more than Interview with a Vampire. And I'm not holding that against you. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that I thought going into it, you had some more background knowledge. But when I found out that you didn't, it made it all the more better for me because I was like, this is great. She's going to fucking start laughing any second now because of how 2000s and corny of a movie it it is. I laughed like 30 seconds into it, not even. And I think it was a loud laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It very much was like, the Scorpion King kind of special effects too. Like there was a scene where they're flying and I'm like, oh, they're flying. <laughs> so you, you can't tell. Uh, but I did, I did, I did point out a few things that I wanted to, I did write down a few things that I wanted to point out. So uh, in this, in this timeline, in this story, in this, what, these chronicles, the uh, vampires are not turned by you biting them. They're turned by you drinking the oh. vampire blood. Yeah. Okay. So one thing just came to me, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I just don't want to lose the thought again. But it does tie into what go, you go, just go, said. Go, go, Before you forget again. The, uh, the vampires are, and this is the folklore of vampires overall. They're immortal. They live forever. So they're doomed to be alone and live this, like, boring, long, whatever, right? But we always tease on the fact that there's ways that they can die, right? Yeah. So, so why don't they just die then? I don't know. I think it's, it's, I, I mean, I don't you know, know what I mean. Like, but I think it's the fear <laughs> of the unknown. It's like, you know, that living forever sucks. But once you die after having lived forever 
for centuries, after, quote, living forever centuries, um, maybe when you're like, I just want this to end, I want this to end, you have that threshold. When you die, die, there's no coming back. If you're a vampire, you know, you you know, it's the fear of the unknown. But if you've driven yourself to the point of insanity where you're like, I've lived for millions of years and I'm mm -hmm. done with this, then there's always a way out then, just like regular human life. It's just... Right. <laughs> But as I said, some people will say, say in life and some people won't. Like some yeah. people, and I'm not advocating for suicide, but some people choose to end their lives. And, and that fear of the unknown isn't strong enough to keep them from doing that. It just, um... It's the same thing. It's some vamp it's, I feel like it's the same thing. I feel it's like just like there are some people who are prone to that. There's some vampires that may not be prone to that. I feel like it's just a weird loophole in the vampire lore, you know, like to me anyway. Well, I'm just saying like, because it's always like, oh, they're immortal. They can't die. You can't really kill a vampire. But then you can then. And when well, they die, this, don't they just die? Yeah. In this, in these chronicles, in Anne Rice's vampires, you can die yeah. by drinking the last drop of blood from a victim because you are taking the... Uh, don't drink. They said they don't drink the last drop, or they'll draw you into their death. That that's what will mm -hmm. happen. Right. Yeah. Um, there's that. Uh, when all the vampires storm the stage at Sick New World, uh, in this movie, <laughs> I can't describe it as anything other than Sick New World. It was in the desert, and it was new metal from the '90s. It literally was a concert we went to. Yes. Uh, when um. When that happened, they were just trying to kill Lestat with a dagger. And if that was sufficient, fine. But you know what else? Lestat was killing those guys with something equally as like... Like a microphone infantile. stand or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So there's ways to kill vampires. And, yeah. You know? And then don't forget, there's a stake through the heart. Mm -hmm. That's probably what the microphone stand yeah, was. Yeah, stake through the heart. The other thing came... Another point came to me. I think there was three. This is point number two that I had lost earlier. Mm -hmm. I w it was going to be me... I know that you haven't read the books, but what I was going to say is I wonder, do the books actually go into the idea of him being awakened by a modern rock band of some sorts? Or is that just strictly this movie went on, you know, modern times? Going kind of based on interview by the, with a by the vampire. <laughs> yeah, the vampire is the interviewer in this one. <laughs> based on that movie, I would guess that no, it's not... Right. Being risen by Lestat is not being awakened by new metal. I, that's what my point is. Like, I don't think Anne Rice wrote anything having to do with him. Weren't being these awakened books by, like written in like the seventies? Well, I don't know, but that's what I thought. So that's why I was always confused as to why. Now I didn't, I didn't care about it when I watched it back in two thousand whatever. Yeah. But I was always wondering, like, why does this have anything to do with modern music and well, rock? Well, I'll tell and you why. Ready? Stuff. Because. Okay, the only way that you can become a vampire is if the vampire chooses you mm -hmm. to be their companion, right? And when they you drink their blood, you guys are cosmically linked, mm -hmm. right? And not only that, you're you're able to absorb their knowledge and their understanding because that one guy, what's his name? Marius. M Mario Brothers. <laughs> that guy, he turned Lestat so that he had a companion, but also because, and I wrote down, he wanted to obtain the knowledge of the current world. Right. Right. So I feel, I feel like at some point, Jonathan Davis was a vampire because Lestat would have turned him at some point way before all of this, like a hundred years ago. So Jonathan Davis is also a vampire because when the stat wakes up, it's because new metal is finally normalized, and that's something that's so similar to Jonathan Davis. Uh, and Jonathan okay. Davis, Jonathan Davis is creating new metal currently, and that band was similar to it because everybody copycatted <laughs> each other. And check this out. He gets up and then he he his band, the vampire Lestat, with is the band that he creates, plays corn music. Like that happens in the movie. They play corn music. So I don't think they tried if, to. I think it just happened. But. but here's a theory. What if that happened? All of what I said, here's the theory. 
It makes sense. It makes as much sense as Lestat being straight. So, okay, my third point just came to me. The whole the, the sexuality part of it. I don't know if I really even see them as being sexual, like straight or gay. There are gay undertones for sure, but they just bite to uh, feed to stretch? eat. You hear me stretch they like They just go because they want the blood vessels. They're not like doing it because there's anything sexual involved in it for them. Um, okay, so when Lestat gets turned, right, this Mobius guy. Yeah, no, there was some gay some, shit happening there. Yeah, okay, yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. about it, yeah. This Mobius. Mar- Marius. Mario. Marius. I don't know, maybe. Marius? Marius? Mobius? Marius? McGonagall. This guy takes him into his home, which is on a secluded island by himself. He turns him and he ravages him, which can sometimes, and in historically, it has been the term that's used for rape, right? Yeah. They they suck, they overtake, <laughs> and there's pain. Yeah. How is that not sexual assault and Stockholm Syndrome? Well, he's that's, it's, what's sexual about it? The sucking part? Because he's feeding. Well, I'm saying. Do you say that somebody who's like. like mo- You're asking me a question. Let me answer it. Okay. Okay. Ravenous is what the depiction always is when there's the snarl attack, right? (laughs) Okay. And ravenous is also the term that, uh, or ravaging, sorry, is the term that's also used when a character is raped in historical fiction, right? Or fiction from the past. Um, That's how I'm tying it. And maybe I see that as someone who has experienced sexual abuse and sexual assault. And maybe I'm seeing that as as a queer person in modern society. So maybe I'm able to see those things because I've experienced it as I live it. But my, but, okay. but the the eroticism, even if it is heteronormative throughout from the beginning of Dracula, it's because there is this intimacy that is required, this soft and su- subdued intimacy that is required for somebody to get so close to you and be part of you. And I mean, like, if you're looking at me right now, you see that I'm putting my hands very close to myself. And when I do that, what do I do? I go straight to my neck to protect my weak point, right? (laughs) Okay. Like, that's where a vampire would attack. So it is the the sensuality of allowing somebody to be that close to you and, and in your safe space. And I think that has a lot to do with why, as you mentioned before, women like vampires and vampire stories also because in vampire stories there's never sex it's it's it it feels quote-unquote safe because it's they want me for other reasons they're not just trying to rape me so there's like the allure of sex but it's not really and and i guess that's what makes it sexual but it's like it's sensual of feeding though but my point is that what they're doing with the biting and the sucking it's eating it's mm-hmm. them ravaging food so if you looked at somebody going om, 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 tearing up a, like a turkey leg or a burger it's like the same thing for a vampire who's feeding on humans the sexual part of it is there's no sex at all in it <laughs> i know but i'm just saying that that is part of the sensuality that one feels when you read something like dracula or you read something like i don't know something else like there's a difference there. Like in in the movie in in Queen of the Fem- Queen of the Damned, Lestat, uh, what's her name? Jessie's like make me a vampire, very much like fucking Twilight. And for the record, I only saw it because some crazy ass bitch took me on a date to go see Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> and I've never went out with her again. For the record, but uh, she is this character because she's like, oh, let me. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. Just turn me, turn me, turn me. And what Lestat does, and he goes. And he shows her how he kills the he, he kills guy. a woman. Yeah. yeah, the woman. He kills yeah. a woman and says, "This is what you want," and pushes her away from that. She sees it for the reality that it is and does not want any part of it, except for when she does later, because she is the "I am straight" token for this movie. I'm not going to drop that. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that you should drop it. I'm just saying that there's 
yes, there's there is sexuality in it. There's intimacy. There's sensuality. It's it's one of the things that I think does drive women crazy about the idea of vampires because there is the similarity between the kissing and the biting of the neck kind of thing. But it's just funny because it's for the vampire, it's not sexual. Like the vampires having sex would probably be entirely different. We're not even exploring that avenue. Like I do feel like that the gay part of it, that's it. Yes, he chose the partner because he wants to mold this guy and make him become something that will well, you know, live on. He chose the partner because he wants a companion. Because they do have a life of solitude because ultimately everybody around them dies. Yeah. So he wanted a companion. And yes, he chose a male companion, you know, Me? and. Okay, go ahead. He chose a male companion. And even when they had the interaction where um, Lestat was very attracted to a woman, he discouraged it. And he said, the only way that you can have her is if you're killing her. Right. You know. I'm wondering if maybe because. You want to talk Se- about football the whole time? No, no, no. Sexual sex and sexuality is one part of it, but the bottom line of the act is for mating purposes, really. Yeah. You know, right? So, mm-hmm. but vampires don't traditionally. Well, at least we don't know. We've never explored they that. They don't, don't traditionally mate, mate mm-hmm. but they do multiply through the bite. So maybe that's what ties it into also being a sexual thing or a sensual thing as opposed to just a feeding ritual. Yeah. Because I'm not saying that it's not there. I'm just saying it's funny that what they're doing in their world for Mm -hmm. them and their need is I'm hungry. I'm eating. It's not that I want to fuck. Yeah, it's primitive. (laughs) That's all it is. It's it's the desire to... You know, to survive. Yeah. Like those girls that get brought into the place so that he could feed on them. Mm-hmm. They were, were under the circum, uh, the, under the impression impression that they, were, gonna they fuck. were going to fuck. There was something sexual involved for them and they were pretty much okay with it. For him, it was a feeding session. He was like, I'm just going to trick you and then mm-hmm. I'm going to climb up the ceiling and drop down and eat you because I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, it's like a Mickey D's after the fucking show. You want to stop by the <laughs> drive-thru and get a 10-piece nugget. He does it first so that he gets energized. Yeah. Yeah. But. I wonder if there's... Um, yeah, there's a lot of I wonders, I guess. I want to read the books to see how closely that meets my expectations of what they did chop out to make it appealing for the 90s or well 2001 which is product of the 90s the 90s yeah the late um, the end of the 90s yeah the uh, birth of the new metal generation yeah well the, the late 90s where new metal was like really like it was popping so i mean i love the deftones and i know that they are a you know specific taste for not not necessarily for everybody, you know, an acquired taste or whatever. For you the say. record, I do enjoy the Deftones. <laughs> I just don't enjoy uh, their what is it? Music. No, let me I, tell I, you. Okay, no. here here's the thing. I I do enjoy the Deftones. I'm I'm not saying any hate on the Deftones. However, I will admit that the music I prefer is a lot more up tempo, if that's the correct sure, term. Sure. Um, it's industrial metal, it's fast punk, oh. it's thrash. It's it's all it's all of this like fast, speedy shit. And after having been awake for twenty four hours, driven to the desert, been up for a while, and 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 some one of like Almost the last band you see at the end of a 12-hour concert is a Deftones. Yeah, I'm going to nod off while standing up. So my apologies, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Listen, okay. Well, let me, let's, since we're on the music topic, the song at the end that we were uh, hearing that I said, I think I've heard Korn play that before. Mm-hmm. It was obviously written by Jonathan Davis. But guess what? We didn't see Korn perform that. That was on the soundtrack done by the singer from Orgy, and Orgy performed oh. that song when we saw him at Signal World. That's where we That's just saw where it we recently. heard it. Yeah. Was it Gordon? What's his name? Jay Gordon. Jay Gordon. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that, I, I love I, Orgy too. I was okay. Let's take a second to talk about Signal World because Signal World was so fucking good. I saw everybody who I never thought I would ever get to see, including Orgy, who had a phenomenal set. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, oh, my God, let's not forget Kitty. Mm-hmm. Fucking Kitty kicked so much 
ass. They did. I fucking love them. Yeah, they did. Oh my god, they were so good. And they have a new bass player. <laughs> god damn it, she was so fucking hot. Like it was a good show. I yeah, uh, like, I've I've seen Kitty a few times, and I know the bass player you're referring to. And I was sad not to see her, but this one. Her name's like Sarah, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, she was the one that I remember the most, but. I do think that she they, had that raspy <laughs> that voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they tried it, <laughs> but um, it was still good. But yeah, that was Insignia World was amazing. Obviously, the highlight for me was seeing System again because I love that band more than mm -hmm. anything in the world. Um, Corn, Deftones, Incubus, even all of that. I mean, even Incubus, Alien Ant Farm, Papa yeah. Roach, like the, all those bands. They were, they they were so ass. great. They yeah. were awesome. But but I, I will say, I did say I want to see these these this this band this band this band this band because at the end of the days, I'd seen Deftones before, I'd seen Corn before, I've seen Incubus before, and I've seen System of a Down before. I was like, cool if I can get to them, but I want to see these other bands that I probably will never get a chance to see again. And I was. Yeah, those were phenomenal performances, but I was very happy to be able to see Alien Ant Farm, Papa Roach, Orgy, um, Cold Chamber, yeah. Kitty. We yeah. also saw that other band that I had no idea, which was really good. Um, what was it? I have to go back and check. But there's so many, like, just like when we went to go see Power Man 5000, Static X, and Rob Zombie, and Mudvayne. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would see, outside from Rob Zombie or Mudvayne, I never thought I'd see Power Man 5000 or Static X before. Yeah, yeah. And now we've seen Static X twice so far. And I'm going to ask you for more tickets because we're going to go see them again. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, there was somebody who was like in the crowd at one point that said something about like, this is like a blast from the past. I'm like, oh, no shit. Of course it is. This is exactly this is what this concert what is. is all about. Yeah. yeah. And it is funny that this movie was very similar to that concert. Yeah. That's that always like Sick New World. Yeah. Um, um, okay. So the second half of the movie. Okay, no, Sorry. no, go ahead. There was I, I lost it. I had another thought of something. I was, I was gonna talk about them. Um, in regards to, ah, uh, it's okay. Let's go on. Let's move, move on. Second half of the movie. So, this in towards towards the middle of the movie, mm -hmm. um, we um, what's your name? Jesse reads this fucking journal magically of Lestat's from seventeen hundred, and it it lists out how he was turned. And what happened during his time with Morbius, now, Morpheus, that Mor part of it, Mar Marius, Mar that part of it, I feel like actually was from the book. To me, the way it was narrated and being read and described, I feel like that was something that was probably taken from an Anne Rice book. But the whole I'm going to be in MTV and be in a <laughs> new metal band and start a you know, this thing, like, obviously, I don't think any of that was in yeah, the book. Yeah, you're probably right. But in 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 the retelling of what happened, uh, there's a time where I mentioned that there that Lestat, there was this woman that he was into, and Marius was like, nah, bitch. And Lestat gets angry um, because they end up having to kill her. Yeah, the violinist. And the violinist, yeah, whose violin he still carries to this day, blah, blah, blah. But... What happens is during this one of these times, he's so because during his anger and he's processing the anger, Marius is out on the beach painting and Lestat is inside of the house playing violin feverishly, like just. Oh, I know and that his feeling. Bow, and his bow <laughs> gets pulled to a corner of the room and his name is whispered. And he finds out that there's a secret chamber and that secret chamber leads him to Aaliyah's character, Akasha. Akasha. And Akasha is, Akasha is a statue, and she's sitting next to her king, Enkil. And both of those ruled Egypt at one time, and they fed on the people of Egypt until it was almost gone. Now, I do have to say, in 2002 or three or whenever I watched this, and getting into the music, and me at that time, the age I was, this movie and Aaliyah and just a lot of the imagery was like, <laughs> it was like a wet dream for me or whatever. I loved it. You know, it was amazing, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to fight for that. <laughs> I'm just but saying Aaliyah, the truth. this is what, like an hour into the movie, I guess, Aaliyah finally is in the movie and her whole contribution to the movie in this scene is she lifts her hand up so that Lestat 
can drink some of her blood mm-hmm. and then she becomes a statue again. Yeah, yeah. And that was disappointing. <laughs> it was uh, disappointing. <laughs> it was disappointing, but that's how he ends up with a connection to her, which leads us into the second part of the movie, Queen of the Damned. And the Queen of the Damned uh, plot is is um, she is tired of her bunk-ass husband, the king. Who's and basically she's like, being a statue. He's a statue because that's their job <laughs> to be a statue. Oh, wait, 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 wait. After he drinks her blood, Marius finds him, ties him to a bed, and and he is knocked out. By the time he wakes up, Marius is gone, and so are the statues. He's relocated them to keep everybody safe, yeah, right? Yeah, he's and that's where, too. And that's where Lestat's journey of isolation begin. Yeah, but he's like also in drug addict mode. He's fiending. He said her blood tastes like liquid fire. Yeah, like fireball like, whiskey. Like he wants more. Like to him, like that was the whiskey. best thing he's ever had. It was like heroin to him, basically. Or fireball whiskey. Okay, and fireball whiskey. I hate that shit. I hate that shit too. It's nasty. <laughs> Every time I've ever had to have, that, have it in any circle of friends, I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> you know what I realize I can't do anymore? Shots. Yeah, I I realized that too a couple uh, maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> we went to Monster Palooza. <laughs> no, what uh-huh. are you talking about? <laughs> Not then, but like two weeks before that. <laughs> we went to Monster Monster Palooza, and you were like, uh, "I I we had a wonderful friend who gave us um to, shout out to Tori, um, Tori from Irot. Uh, she we went to. Monster Palooza, and she hooked us up with some mezcal margaritas, mm-hmm. and um, it was such a pleasant day for me. I know. Until... How about you tell me and everybody else about how you met Tom Savini and got his autograph? <laughs> That's right. How about I met you Tom tell Savini. that story? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't know. I was like, hey, what did man. he write on your card uh, on the the picture? First of all, I got the sex machine picture. Uh huh. <laughs> sex machine. Um. I got, uh, it says, Heidi, it's okay that you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he was loving it, too. And yeah. you were like, can you sign it and have it say this? He was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just laughing. Yeah. Oh, but it was good. And I also got to meet uh, one of my favorite drag queens from the um, Dragula show that I've watched. Um, I watched a few seasons of that. And I think my one of, some, of, some of the ones that stand out are like Landon Sider and... Um, that's a be- that's an awesome name. That's the best the name. Land Insider. Land Insider, and it's a drag. That one's a drag king. Mm-hmm. But uh, the drag queen that it's Disasterina, and I got to meet Disasterina. She was so coy. You think that she would be loud and like effervescent, and she was just sitting there. She's well, like, yeah. to but be fair, we how many early? years has it been? Like, I feel sometimes when I go to those type of things, like I feel bad that that's what they all they have left. They're just holding on to this hope that you buy a fucking signed picture from them. I mean, I thought it was fine. Like, I thought it was a lot of fun. I didn't get it any was. of the depressed. It, no, I didn't get it, any depressed okay, feelings okay, from yeah, them. You're right. We are going to be at Midsummer <laughs> Scream. Midsummer right. Night Scream. I had a great time. Just yeah. for the record, I did think about that, but I masked it over very think, easily. <laughs> I didn't think about it because I walked in and somebody handed me popcorn, and it reminded me of the days when you'd just walk in somewhere and somebody had you a drink, and you'd be like, "Yeah, fuck it." And now it's like, this random guy gave me popcorn. I guess I'll have some, but you don't have any just in case. (laughs) (laughs) But I also got a picture with Leatherface. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun fun time. It was a fun time. I can't wait for Midsummer Night Scream uh, in July. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. The kids are going to love it. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole convention scene is part of what keeps these type of things alive you know yeah. like it's um I, I wasn't trying to knock it when i said you know just people are trying to get an autograph and that's all they're holding on to but it you know it can get to you i'm sure it all. can yeah. i'm sure it can i'm sure it can be disappointing we went to a secret movie night once and there was uh this woman in this from this movie i don't even remember who she was and what movie it was because we went to so many of those nights but she was there to sign an autograph and there was not one person at her table and i'm like how many times does that happen that would make me feel bad yeah so i totally get it but like like the kane hodder situation he goes and obviously he's known as being jason um but i was listening to a podcast where they were talking about um how he wasn't like 
he he seemed down at one of these mm. signings, and what they were talking about was in that in that time was when the Freddy versus Jason movie came mm-hmm. out, and like apparently he was one of the biggest advocates for getting that movie made Mm -hmm. but when it actually got casted they didn't cast him so his demeanor at that time was probably directly affected Mm -hmm. by the fact that he didn't get cast at the movie which makes a lot of sense but at the end of the day like i said those type of things keep the scene alive you get to go to there and feel like you're amongst your people who who was those who was those guys that those guys who was those guys who were trying to walk us around Oh, municipal waste. Yeah, that was cool too. Yeah, that's yeah, your, that was cool Tor- too. Your friend Tori's uh, homies. Yeah, her homies. Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, anyway, I don't know how we got to conventions. Well, you know, Sick we New were World conventions. About, oh, uh, um, anyway, Akasha, 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 watching me. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Queen of the Damned. Is Akasha, her husband, Enkel, and Marius, they're disappeared, so Lestat has to travel the world on his own. And that's when he gets bored, and that's when he goes into hibernation for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are a few things that don't add up. Of course, there's a lot of, like, oopsie-daisies. You should have thought that one through. Like, when Marius finally finds him, and he's like, what are you doing outing everybody, bro? You're going to get yourself killed. And he, like, and Lestat... Like alludes to, oh, you missed the fifties. Boo, you missed the fifties too. You were hibernating for a hundred years. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that was things dumb. like that. Um, well, things like things also- like, oh, if this is your, you know, if you never tour and you never had a concert before, how do you have so many fans? And why are you know, like, how is that even happening? Right. He goes to the band. I'm going to make all your dreams come true. Wow. How? <laughs> um, but also... Because he's Jonathan Davis. But also, what about um, Akasha? Like, if she was the queen of all the damned and so powerful, how did her and her king just become, like, bound in the well, statue Well, that's another form? thing that I... from my That's why I'm going to read the books, because it's either... It's either Jesse's uh, aunt or mother, who was a witch turned vampire, which is what made her so powerful, that they were able to trap them into these, into these forms of being the statues, because uh, they had eaten their way through Egypt. And I'm wondering if that's like one of the plagues. Ah, that would be interesting mm. if we did find out that that was part of the reason. And that was the yeah, it was vampires yeah. all along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why the sea was called the Red Sea because well, it was right? blood. But, but some people do think <laughs> that vampires are like a thing, you know? Yeah. And when you watch the movie, like there was imagery, you know how they were talking about mm-hmm. oh the paintings and they were legit and whatever, right? Well, some of the paintings and some of the backgrounds of whatever were of like vampires eating, you know, their victims and. I mean, you like, know, there are cave paintings or hieroglyphs somewhere that show that depict helicopters. Like, really? Yeah, that's yeah. real life. Wow. Like, there's a lot okay. of things that we just don't know. We've only we've only been like conscientious of our history for so long, and we don't know what we don't know. Like, we haven't even explored much of our own Earth, specifically in the ocean. So. How yeah. dare we think we know everything about human history or non-human history? Yeah. Well, I don't think we do. But you know what, though? Without the people that dare to question all that shit, we'd be dumb as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I, look, I'm all for historians. Like, I wish I could be a historian. I love history. Oh, shit. You know what somebody sent? So there's this guy at work. Um, I he, He's a... Uh, how do I say this? I call him Aaron, but his name's not Aaron. But just I call him Aaron because of the skit. Aaron. Yeah, exactly. Because his name is something. I'm not gonna say his name, but I call him Aaron. And he sent me this video of this guy swimming in. I don't want. I want to say in the Mediterranean somewhere. And this guy, like an actual footage of this guy being attacked by a tiger shark, and. Being like, was he on eaten. like a boat? Oh, he got actually got, he eaten? got eaten. Like, it's the recording. This woman is saying, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But like, you can see like the fin come up and the guy just disappear into the water momentarily and nobody can get to him. Isn't that fucking crazy? Anyway, me talk when I said something about the ocean, it made me realize, like, Oh my god, I have that in my head now. I have a real life footage of somebody 
getting eaten by a shark. Yeah. Meanwhile, I watch things like open water and 47 meters and 47 meters deep on cage regularly. Well, <laughs> what we see cinematically is technically depicted worse. The real, no, no, real world is so much worse. No, than, it's not though. Yes, because like it is when you, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm just saying that I think it is when you weigh out the fact that, yes, it's real, but. It's not as, I mean, like, right. when you see something happen in real life, it's like, whoa, shit, that was it? No, well, then you are thinking of something completely different because I, you, you know, you see how many times I watch shark movies, right? 47 meters with that Mandy Moore movie and then the one about the stupid glass girls that get in the cage in Mexico, right? Those, uh, those two movies I watch maybe once a month. And... There's shark scenes there and you see the shark eating them and you see the shark attacking them and you're like, sharks don't pinpoint one person and chase them throughout the ocean. Right. Like, you know, and, and so you see that and you're like, oh, that's the cinematography of it. It, 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 it propels the movie forward. And, and then when you see this, and I'm not showing you this video because it really is very, very like traumatizing. It's traumatic. It's this guy yelling and pleading. And I think that's the bigger part is the actual genuine sounds of fear and death and and this guy is screaming for help people on the beach are screaming for some help nobody can get to this guy it's a fucking tiger shark and and you see this the pool of blood around him and it's you can't see like in a movie the camera will pan under the water and you can see his legs being removed and stuff but here all you see is surface level the guy disappears for a while and you're just like, fuck. That's like worse than any horror movie because it does have the, it does have that realistic sense of reality where you're like, oh fuck, that could happen to anybody. Yeah, I get that part of it for sure. I guess what I'm saying is, is that the over the top depiction of the blood and gore part of it is always accentuated in horror movies. A decapitation in real life versus what you see in a horror movie is, I think, a little bit more um graphic in in the movie because that's what they're going for that's all i'm saying like i think that the 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 way the impact of it is going to weigh more in the real video because if you watch somebody actually get decapitated it's gonna be like holy fucking shit but the amount of blood that spurts out and the amount of like I will you know, take whatever Tom rolling of the heads or whatever any day because when that blood squirts, <laughs> it kind of makes you smile because you're like, that's my boy Savini. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, we like that stuff and we are gravitating yeah, towards that. I don't ever want to see it. I don't ever want to see it in person. Like, just that video alone, like, I probably no, won't I get watch. what you're saying. Yeah. I won't, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. Then I don't know why you're fighting with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's just, I feel like that it's more over the top in the movies because well, they're yeah, trying it has to, to be. you know, it has to be. You know, when you and I first met, we talked about hostile. Like one of our first conversations was about hostile. <laughs> but never do I want to see somebody. Eli Roth, but hostile, Eli Roth specifically. Yeah. But never did, do I ever want to see somebody take a blowtorch to the eye. I don't know. I don't know how we got here. But <laughs> I will say that the second part of the movie does have a Leah in it. Like there's a couple of scenes that are great. There's one part when she first comes into like the, the, the vampire bar in London looking for Lestat. And she's like... He, he, he's been here, he's been gone from here too long or whatever. Yeah, he's in Death Valley supposedly, even though it was filmed in Australia or whatever. But um, uh, she does this scene where she goes onto the dance floor and starts dancing and then starts, and then takes this, um, takes this beating heart. What is it that they say in Indiana Jones? Oh, um, you mean what? Uh, Kalima. What, what, yeah, Kalima Shakti Day. Well, that's, that's, uh, yeah, them saying, give me strength or whatever. Yeah. He, um, he, she fucking Kalima Shakti Day's this guy who is threatening to kill Lestat because she is in love with him and wants him to be her new companion and his king. Really? That fucking guy with no charisma? <laughs> okay, fine, no problem. But she, like, like, he, she kisses him and reaches into his chest and pulls out his heart, eats his heart, squishes it. And starts fucking setting people on fire by just pointing at them. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's her superpower that was, as, as a queen of the damned? Like, that, she shoots fire from her hands? I don't know, She's I guess. Drew Barrymore from Firestarter? But in that moment, in that movie, that was the shit for me. That was when she finally made her appearance. She came in all, yeah, like, all hypnotizing. You know what she was walking? <laughs> I, I she her, her walk reminded me of that dance from Metropolis. You remember I told you there's this one, like, dance from Metropolis that's, like, very, like, erotic. It's for the 20s, but it, like, is erotic for me. She's, like, walks around like that where she's, like, uh, you know what she's mimicking? You know, have you ever seen, like, um, um, I think they do it in The Mummy where the hieroglyphs walk around on, like, whatever tablet that they're on, but they're, like, very jagged movements. You know, like the like the, the whatevers are working are are still in two D, still like the Egyptians wrote them, but mm-hmm. they're like walking around. Yeah, that's how she walked around, and I thought I think maybe that was her intention. Like she wanted to move very like because she's Egyptian in this movie, and her eye makeup is very Egyptian, and her headdress is Egyptian, and she was making these moves like she was walking like this like. If you can imagine a busted axle on a car, that's how she was walking. I love how you're describing it because the way I would describe it and the way it depicts to me. Snake-like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even though I hate snakes and that's the last thing in the world I want to see, again, being that I was a kid and I was watching this then mm-hmm. like, and it was Aaliyah and I was just like, all right, give it to me, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. You're pretty fly for a white guy. Um, half? Um, I get where you're coming from, but I don't see it that way. I thought initially, I thought, oh, yeah, I've seen this movie before because, you know, her movements are kind of snake-like. And I realized, no, the movie I was referring to is a movie something, something, something about Medusa. And that was where I was getting it from. But the reason why I don't akin her to a snake is because her movements are jagged and snake movements are a lot more fluid. Yeah, I felt like there was fluidity in it. There but was fluidity in it like was like, her hips, but I'm talking about you have to focus like on her shoulders. Her shoulders when she walked was like fo- like one shoulder forward, up, back. <laughs> Next one, maybe, forward, up, back. Maybe she had the reverse uh, like effect happening of what white people have with rhythm. Maybe she was like, how do I move like white people? And it just came out all jagged. <laughs> but anyway, it was still good. Um, the next time we see Aaliyah, she... Um, next time we see Aaliyah... What is well, it? she brings him to that beach scene when he... Yeah, like, she yeah. finds him at the concert getting attacked and she escapes with yeah, him. Yeah, she takes him off and yeah. Yeah, she takes <laughs> now, him off. Now, do you think those people got their money's worth at the concert? Because to them, they thought that was all part of the show. Uh, yeah, I think they did. But They're then like, yeah. But then later on, when one of those librarian people, they have an article that says, was there drugs in the water? Because maybe they didn't believe what they saw. And they're like, something happened, you know? Yeah. Of course there were drugs in the water. What are you talking about? I wouldn't about? have gone to that fucking concert. There was one band. <laughs> Disturbed. They were the opening act. It, no, Disturbed wasn't even the opening act. Because all they had was one performance. And it was the Vampire Lestat. Yeah, right before they got on stage, you hear disturbed yeah, playing down with the sickness. Yeah, we hear disturbed. You're supposed to assume I would just think that the their band is playing. I like disturbed a lot. I wouldn't go to the desert with that many people in the middle of the fucking in fucking Death Valley <laughs> to see disturbed. We okay, Only. but we literally just went to Sick New World, which is disturbed could have been on that yeah, show. Yeah, they could have been on that show. I know you wouldn't have gone for them. I get that. But no, but I would have gone to Las Vegas to see Disturbed. Yeah, no problem. That's a fucking city. It's not the middle of nowhere and one band. You know, because they wouldn't, like, I don't know. I don't think it was just them one band playing. I think it was because all it was was Lestat. And he was the only, he, and he was such a narcissist that he would have had only that. Isn't you didn't see anybody else? You didn't see any other stages? You saw one one performance in the middle of the night, in the middle of the darkness of the desert. Like it, there was not a second band. Okay, I I personally depicted Disturbed playing without them seeing because their music was playing. So I just figured they're on stage. Well, the music was playing when they were doing an overhead scene of the concert. I didn't see anybody on stage. Okay, well, 
We can argue about it later. But <laughs> the reality is uh, I would not have gone to the middle of the desert just to see this fucking vampire narcissist. You wouldn't. But no. you have to admit there would be people that would. You wouldn't go to the middle of the desert to see ICP, but you guarantee you if I ICP would have played in the 20s. In a, okay. And if ICP played in the middle of the des- desert tomorrow, you know there would be that many people there. I think that's a little different. I'm because just saying ICP, that people will go. There's fans for everything, and they'll go. They'll fine. they'll show up. Fair. I wouldn't go. I know. Me anyway. neither. I wouldn't. Anyway. Um, what else you got? What else I got? Um, I wrote on here, if that's easy, if they're so easy to kill, question mark. Mm-hmm. I wrote. Um, I agree with that, too, because I was like. All well, of a sudden. Oh, when they when they're on stage and they become they're on fire. I'm like Avenged Sevenfold because we just went to their shitty ass concert. Uh, <laughs> I like a few songs from that band. I realize I'm not an Avenged and Sevenfold. Band. The thing of it is, is that I I don't know. I don't want to talk shit about them. They're phenomenal musicians, but they're it's just, just not my cup of tea. There's a yeah. few songs I really enjoyed, and there's a few songs I was like, let's just go get a beer. I felt like there. that they just. Or her, not for us. Yeah. Um. Okay. They so were then what she, they were. Yeah. So she takes. Uh. Aaliyah takes Kira Mc. McCulkin. McCulkin. Wait. Macaulay Culkin. Kira Culkin. Kira McCulkin. Kira McCulkin. Macaulay Knightley. Um. And and takes her takes him to the secluded island where. They like have sex to Deftones in a bathtub, and they don't even play digital bath, but whatever. And then, and they, <laughs> you're right. They and do. and they um, and they're like commit to one another, but the next morning, he doesn't even get fried by the sun because her blood makes him able to walk during the day. And I'm like, that's some bullshit right and it wasn't even a secluded island because there was tons of people there, there that they fucking sucked dry she sucked dry that was those were her, her victims because he was like why would we want to be here there's nobody here they got done fucking to if that's what they were doing because i don't know if vampires are actually sexually active or well, not she was but... going down on his chest and eating feeding off of him I do have to admit that, again, changing the House of Flies at that time with that scene and me at that age was a very, like, oh, my God. Oh, disgusting. Right. I, you but, jacked off to this scene <laughs> but, <laughs> as but, a child. <laughs> but um, if she fed on all those people, didn't leave any for him, or if he even did or didn't, who knows, whatever. But, um Fuck, I lost it again. Okay. Sorry, I'm if having they, a hard time gathering they, my focus. If they fed, if she, because she brought him there, this was his first morning there. Right. Because he was just realizing he can't, he, he can go into the light. So she fed on all these people there. That means that, one, if it's an island, they're out of people. Two, if it's not an island, somebody's going to come and try to kill them soon, which means more people for them to eat, but also more exposure that they're going to have to figure out, right? Mm-hmm. But they end up going back to Jesse's aunt's house, who suddenly is actually alive, not dead. But she is a witch vampire. And um, they're making a plan to kill the Queen of the Damned. And the best way that they can do that is um, is to have her uh, attack her when she's being drained from her, her blood. Because, oh, what's his fucking name? Lestat feeds off of her. And uh, she catches them while they're plotting. She just shows up with him, said, this is my new king, whatever. Forces him to, uh, Lestat to kill Jesse. Um, and then he feeds on her, weakening her, and everybody starts attacking. Some people get caught on fire, but eventually she's drained enough. Uh, they're attacking her by eating, by drinking her blood. So she's, her, her power up is going down. Her yeah, power level is going down. Yeah, because they said that's when you're, yeah. she's weakest and you can make yeah. a strike. Right. And then the last person is the witch vampire to take, drained her of her life's blood. And, and uh, the queen of the damned dies. Like, I'm talking about, like, the rock and scorpion king dies. Like, mm-hmm. turns into, like, pixels. And then um, the witch queen vampire becomes a new statue. 
And that's what happens. Right. And that is the movie. Um, what's his face? Lestat and Jesse live happily ever after. Right. They Morbius, go- Ma- Marius goes and, and, and probably kills the other librarian guy that was obsessed David. with him, David, and that's fine, whatever. Um, but that's the movie. That's it. Yeah. That's fucking it. That's it. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. A <sighs> great 2000s, early 2000s bullshit classic movie. <laughs> I get to pick the next one. Please, by all means. I did this one strictly. Yes. No, I did this one strictly. What are you looking at? The microphone. Okay, because it looks like you're looking past me, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is it a spider? <laughs> well, your vocals are picking up nicely, but I just looked at the microphone, and I'm like, did I have it backwards? No, no I don't think don't. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this movie was so 2000s, and it was uh, why I picked 2000s it. 2000s and late. I told you, I don't even really think this is a horror movie. It's just a movie about a vampire. <laughs> If you could call it that. Well, I'm picking the next movie. By all means, please do. Jeepers Creepers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that movie. Yes. So that's all for us today. Unless you have anything else. No, I, I think that's it. I had a few things and I lost. And next time I'm going to keep a pad and I'm going to write notes down. because Yeah, because then you can have such fabulous questions like mine. But question it's not, one, what the fuck? It's question not, two, corn? It's question not three. notes about the movie, though. What's your question three? Macaulay Culkin and New Metal woke him up. Question four, Diet Tim Curry? <laughs> yeah, see, it's not about the while I'm watching the movie. It's more so that I have thoughts while we're talking, and then I need to write them down because you're, you're very... You're so elaborate, and I love it, but it's it makes me forget my train of thought sometimes. <laughs> I put in here, his first instinct was to bite a statue. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right? Was he going to break his teeth on that? <laughs> Enter Aaliyah. She's like a reptile. Sick new world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I should look at my notes more often. Okay. Um, that's all for us today. Thank you so much. It's nice to be back. Um. It's nice, nice to, be to be back. It's nice to be back. Although we I, I had some technical difficulties. No, we didn't. We just had you a, just turn it off and on again? a stupid engineer that forgot to flip one switch that activates the microphone. Ay, por el amor de Satanás. <laughs> Pobrecito. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're out. See you next week. Later. Okay, bye. check out what we're doing visit us at icecreampodcast.com or you can find us on social media at icecreamparlor the podcast <laughs>